I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation. Basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Hello and welcome to episode four of Cats by 90, a podcast brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. Drew Brown, one of your hosts. I'm joined by Aaron Gershon, and, and today we have a real special guest with us. So um, I teased at it a few weeks ago, but Justin Jeffries, former um, Kentucky offensive lineman, will be joining us. So um, how are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Just got off the air with Big Blue Insider. Uh, that's the new gig, obviously, for me. And brush back for this one. I'm really excited about this episode here. I'm, I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been in the truck for uh, driving for the past three hours, so – uh I'm, I'm ready to actually talk instead of listen to other podcasts <laughs> yeah good, good call man shout out to all of us too because we all seem busy as hell today yeah, um, we're somehow <laughs> able to, to knock yeah to knock this out late in the evening so i do i appreciate you both and i'm excited man so we're cats are one and oh so you know we're finally able to kind of discuss that impending collision course with florida a little bit as things get shaken down and um, i'm definitely excited to get um justin's insight too because i know He's um he's played on some really good teams. And then also, um, you know, your position, Justin, specifically, everybody, you know, would tout as really knowing the game inside and out and being a good person to kind of talk to about X's and O's for sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody thinks that the offensive linemen are the smartest guys. And I, I can agree to that. Uh, but I was not the smartest guy, uh, on my, on my line. I won't lie. Uh, but, uh, I guess you can say I, I half ass know what I'm talking about. We'll put it like that. <laughs> we appreciate the honesty. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think he's being a little modest because there's, there's some proof to the pudding there as far as, you know, how effective yeah, those guys were say. in the trenches. But, um, before, man, guys, before we jump into football and stuff though, I'm so, um, Justin, I don't know if you've even had a chance to listen. So this is the, I guess now the fourth episode of Cats by 90. Um, a Sea of Blues podcast, and I know Aaron and I covered the game on Saturday, and we had a chance to meet a lot of people and got tons of positive feedback at Kroger Field on Saturday. So shout out to the listeners, media members, everybody. That's been sweet. Um, but today, man, before we get into football, I just thought we'd introduce a little bit of a segment. So we usually get together about weekly or so. So whether it's just me and Aaron or we have a guest like today, we're just going to kind of throw out there one thing during that week that really pissed us off and one that made us feel good. It can be sports-related, non-sports-related, but just a chance for um, us to vent out a little frustrations and maybe someone have um, some relation to what we're saying. But I'll start to kind of give the idea of it. So uh, one thing that pissed me off this week was due to some budget cuts in the 502, so I live in Louisville, my trash pickup apparently goes two weeks now. Like if it falls on a holiday, they don't get it for the whole week and then not till the next week. So I'm going to have some hot garbage outside my house for like 13 calendar days. 
And then I on Monday, I saw that tweet. I saw that yeah. tweet. Yeah, I, I was going to say I saw it too. Damn. Yeah, I'm burning on this. So it was a good week to start this. But and then think about it too. What what day are most holidays fall on? What day of the week? Monday. 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 Yep. So. Whew, anyway, got that out. See, I feel better already. This is good. This is good stuff. <laughs> and then uh, r- real quickly, I had a r- real easy one, too, as far as my um, thing that made me feel good this week. So I just rounded out uh, my first middle school open house with my daughter. And, man, just going reviews. Every teacher, she's really tall. She's super tall. So she kind of stood out and nothing but um, great things to say. And it can be very tough parenting a, a young lady, I'll say. So that was awesome to get that positive feedback. Um, I teed you guys up a little bit, Aaron. So what, what was yours this week? Yeah, I'm going to go sports on the one that pissed me off. You know who I can't stand? Antonio Brown. That guy <laughs> has the biggest freaking mouth I've ever seen. And you know what? He's a great player and all, but he hasn't won anything. And did you all see what he did today? Yeah, I did. I see that. I feel yeah. like this is low-hanging fruit. Oh, my God. So he goes, on his, he goes on his Instagram story and calls out his ownership or his GM, Mike Mayock, for fining him for, you know what? He didn't go to work. So, yeah, you deserve to get fined. And he was calling out Mayock for finding him. Like, are you kidding me? What a me? joker. What yeah. a joke. And I, I just got finished with hard knocks and all. And, you know, they tried to po- – I, I feel like they were trying to portray him so positively. And, man, I, I'm not falling for that crap. But uh, <laughs> positive, though, I was reading this tweet. This was awesome. This is just – you know, it seems like all we hear is bad news and the bad in people with all the madness going on in the world. But – this tweet from a woman named Jennifer Hale, no relation to John Hale, the UK beat writer. She put out something about how a barista was telling a coffee group that she was driving eight hours to Lubbock, Texas, to see her dad for the last time, who was passing away from a brain tumor. And one of the guys in that coffee group broke out his phone and booked her an airline ticket so she can get an extra 16 hours with her dad. How awesome is that? Yeah, I saw that. Wow. That is really cool, man. Good one. That good is, one. Yeah. That, that, is, that is really, really good, man. That made me feel yeah. all fu- warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, Good humanity. I'm digging so. this segment. I like it. I like it, man. I got some anger out. I got some feel goods in. So so that was kind of the intent by it. But um, like I said, I, I teed you up a little bit, Justin, so you were um, a little bit prepared. Do you have anything um, you want to discuss? So I'm going to I'm going to kind of follow your lead on, you know, your kids a little bit, but this is going to be what pisses me off. And, um, you know, usually when I'm home, when I'm when I'm not on the road, I try to I put my girls on the on the I put my oldest one on the bus and then and then I take my youngest one to daycare. Well, it never fails, which, you know, some of it's probably my fault, too, as well. But it never fails that, you know, either I have a work call or something happens and we're late. We're late to getting her to, to daycare, and at 9.30, it shuts off. You can't bring her in after 9.30. If they do, they chew your ass. So every time, especially after a weekend, my three-year-old cannot find her shoes. And when I tell you it drives me up a wall, it takes me everything I can not to just scream at her, which I don't. I'm, I'm a good parent. I don't. I don't do that. But uh, that's that's one thing that just pisses me off because she. I tell her to go look for it. She goes, looks around the corner, and I don't know where it's at, Daddy. And I'm like, come on, help me out here a little bit. Okay, so that's what, piss, that's what pisses me off. I hear you on that, man. <laughs> uh, what made me feel good is um, I'm going to go sports related on what made, what made me feel good. It was uh, kind of how crappy the SEC East looks. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it kind of, I'm going to tie it back to Kentucky a little bit. And, nice. Uh, you know, Missouri lost. Uh, Tennessee is a dumpster fire. 
uh, South Carolina gave up a big lead. You know, it just kind of everything is 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 looking up for Kentucky. So um, I, I think that make me feel good. But then if we go through and we beat everybody, or if we lose, either way, this is a this is a double edged sword. Because if we beat everybody, uh, we didn't beat anybody. And if we lose the one, uh, then we lost to a crap bum. So that's uh, that's kind of my my, my go. feel good. Yeah, it's that's a good great. Start. That perfect. No yeah, yeah, that. perfect segue, man. Perfect segue. So again, we have uh, Justin Jeffries on, former Kentucky offensive lineman, and um, that's a great, great place to start. Yeah, so I was gonna, I was kind of watching the game Saturday. Aaron and I were actually recording while the whole SEC complete debacle was going yeah. down. Good Missouri. And, um, you know, you know, initially I'm kind of like shucks. You know, I want the, the conference is going to be weak. You know, that's not necessarily great for Kentucky. You know, there's already not a lot of big marquee games on the schedule. Like we'll get some wins. But then, I mean, as the day progressed, you're just like, wow. I mean, if the if the whole if the whole league is like the hot garbage outside my house, then <laughs> it's gonna, you know what I mean? It's it's gonna be that bodes well, you know. Then it's just like Georgia. We'll see what Florida has, you know, coming up. But um, Justin, I, before we maybe even get into the you know the conference outlook, we've went over our recap of Toledo. I think a lot of people have heard it, but we're definitely interested to hear your perspective. Just what were your, I guess, you know, a few takeaways and, and things you want to see improve um, from Toledo to this week. Well, I'll start with the with the with the with the glowing side, and you know what 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 really what really you know struck me, especially early, um, was Terry's upside. You know, and I tweeted this. You know, I, I he he made an improvement. He made a step forward. I just don't know how big of a step forward it is. You know, just yet, just because it was Toledo. I mean, let's be honest. It was Toledo. It wasn't Florida. It wasn't South Carolina. It wasn't Missouri. It was Toledo. But he seemed calm. His throws were on point. He missed a couple of touchdowns, uh, a couple of deep throws, but but everything was just you know it, it seemed to flow a lot better. And you know, with Kentucky's, you know, and I was a part of this as well. Uh, we don't have a good uh, a track track record when it comes to first games. And I think a lot of teams go through the same thing. You know, especially with you know with colleges not having a preseason. You know, the first time that you get to hit somebody else that's in a different jersey than you are is the first game. And there's a lot of jitters. And I think that's why the first the first half was was as rough as it was is because, you know, guys, you know, we're, we're playing a lot of younger guys. Um, we have, a uh, you know, really, really big shoes to fill, especially on the defensive ends. Um, but I think that's where those first the, those first half jitters came from. Uh, they kind of settled in. Terry settled in. Um, you know, and I was very impressed and I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what he does, uh, you know, as the season progresses, you know, barring no barring injuries, um, you know, offensive line. I think the offensive line's pass protection was phenomenal. Run, run, uh, run, uh, yeah. run blocking was, yeah. you know, a little bit difficult, but, you know, I talked about it on the post game show with, uh, with, uh, Shreble. Yeah, I talked about it, well, you know, with him, you know, a lot of these, especially when you're playing a smaller school, they run a lot more gimmicky defenses. Um, you know, they'll run like a 3-3-5. You know, West Virginia was really big about that. Um, they run, they do a lot of motion, a lot of, you know, a lot of stunting, a lot of, a lot of movement, especially up front. And that being a first game is really, really tough, you know, for an offensive line that's, you know, replacing a couple guys and, you know, Landon Young coming back from injury. Uh, last year, it takes a little while for them to mesh. So playing a playing in a uh, you know a, a playing a team that really moves their front seven like that uh, is tough in the run blocking. But a pass pro, pass pro is just that's like riding a bike. Uh, running back. Hey Justin, really, can really I ask good. you something yeah, about that? Um, yeah, go ahead. So I read, I think I read that Luke Fortner actually graded out as the top offensive lineman in Kentucky's first game um, beating Toledo. Can you do, like? Walk us through that. What is exactly does it mean? And, you know, if you I don't know, maybe you paid that close attention. And did you notice his performance specifically? 
I didn't notice his performance specifically just because I was in the stands. And it's really hard, you know, if, if you're not. Oh, I've heard about not, your you know, tailgates. I already know them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah it, hey, we're having one Saturday, so come on out. Me hey, and my I, buddy. My I, wife I, won, be there, I, so. I was going to save that for the end, and I know you probably got to get out of here in a little bit. I was going to save that for the end, but I, Big Blue Drew 100% will be at the tailgate Saturday. I'm definitely going to holler at you this weekend. How, Let's how, do how it. How early yes. are you there? How early are you there? Uh, so usually for an early game, for the first game, especially when I'm with when I'm with my wife, uh, we don't get there till like an hour before tailgate or before kickstart. So I, whether it's uh, I, I drink a lots of water on the way to the uh, to the to the game, and I let my wife drive just because I'm drinking tons of water on the way to the game. Uh, I'll yeah. let you you know <laughs> read between the lines. Um, so usually we try to get there like for big games like Georgia last year. Hell, we were there five hours before before kickoff, and and for the later games we'll get there you know three four hours before wow. kick you know just to get there and have a good time. Um, so um, so yeah, everybody's invited. We we have we try to have a blast. We're relatively close to the stadium. We're at the Good Barn. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be down there. We'll make sure to, uh, we'll get, we'll try to get a picture at the tailgate. We'll put it on the, um, the cats by 90 Twitter page and please make sure you're following that. If you're not already at cats by 90. Um, and then Justin, what's your, what's your Twitter? So make sure everybody can follow you. Lamb 76, L A M B 76. And that comes from, uh, my freshman year. Uh, one of the defensive linemen said I looked like one of his buddies in high school and his nickname was lamb chop. So I got in turn the nickname (laughs) lamb chop as well. Right. So, um, and everybody still calls me that, by the way. And you were like yeah. SEC all freshman team, correct, Justin? I was. Now, how that happened, I don't know, because I didn't really. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't play a whole whole He's too lot. Too modest, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't play a whole lot that. my freshman year. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, I was I was uh, all SEC freshman, and uh, a lot of my teammates will tell you the same thing. I don't know how I got it, but I got it. So I'm not gonna. It sits down in my man cave. So. I uh, portray it proudly. Man, you're just you're just talking about so much interesting stuff. Let's just like bounce all around here. I, one thing I want to definitely make sure to ask you before um, before you have to leave is, so you were participated in one of Kentucky's biggest football wins ever. Um, you know, beating at number one LSU, which I think any Kentucky fan. Aaron's pretty young. No, Aaron's really young. Me and no, Justin I, are about the same age, I, but every, I, everyone want, knows that one. You know, before I even. Um, Came to UK, went and watched that whole game because I had I had to know all about it. Yeah, and so obviously I said everyone knows that one. But then this year, just the significance of the tenth win, winning the Citrus Bowl, um, all that stuff. Just compare the two for us. You know, I think, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I think my 07 team, uh, and 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 this is where my modesty is gonna gonna you know fade me a little bit but I think my 07 team might have been better than the team last year I mean let's be honest we had uh we had Keenan Burton Jacob Tammy Dickie Lyon Stevie Johnson Andre Woodson Raphael Little Tony Dixon offensive line was great um on the defensive side Corey Peters Jeremy Jarman uh Dominic Lewis uh Braxton Kelly Wesley Woodyard uh Trevard Lindley I mean we had some players on that team. And I think that, and, and I'm going to kind of bounce a little bit here, but I think that's, that, that goes back to the, to the same, to what people are talking about is the SEC going being, being down this year, especially the East. I mean, let's be honest, the SEC back in, in 06 through 09 was a whole hell of a lot different than the SEC. Now let's be completely honest. LSU, LSU was good back then. You obviously you had your Alabama, Mississippi state had some teams. Then you had Georgia's, you had Florida's, 
but to to go back to your question, I I, I think you know playing there there weren't that many. They didn't win the high profile games other than Florida um, that we won that year. We went down in 07. We went down and beat South Carolina at South Carolina on Thursday night game. We're two top five teams. Uh, we we beat Arkansas at Arkansas that year. You know with Darren McFadden, Felix Jones. Um, and then, and then obviously, uh, LSU comes to town, we beat them and then lose to Florida the next week with game day. So I think there was a little bit more hype going into our season, uh, in 2007, but you know, I don't want to diminish what they did last year. I mean, they had some players as well. Um, they left a few out there with the Texas A&M, but they also skated away with a couple with your Missouri. So, um, it, it's really hard to judge them being that there's, you know, football back. I'm starting to sound like an old man. Football back then is a little bit different than football <laughs> football now but um you know i think they're kind of comparable i think it's you know they were very, two very special seasons but we kind of tailed off uh at the end um after that onslaught of you know like i said south carolina arkansas uh lsu florida and then we just kind of tailed off there at the end with the tennessee loss and the mississippi state loss um and and and, and last year's team did the opposite you know they just kept riding that wave and and and, and got away with a lot more than what we did that really wow that that's awesome analysis right there. I never would have even thought of that. That maybe the O seventeen was even after you listed the name and the feet. Uh, you know what, Drew? You might have to go put a poll up on that on our Twitter page. Yeah, I would do the whole time you were going through that. I was sitting here wow. thinking we we do constant analysis of like you know what could the twenty twelve team beat the ninety six basketball team? Like there's so much basketball comparison this team to that team. Who would win? And I don't even know through all the, the stuff that I've even heard that debated out and who would know better than Justin. But, yeah, we we'll definitely all. have to get a poll or something on that. But uh, you might be getting torched on the old Twitter machine if we do, though, That's Justin. Because, you I know, let it ride, young, young <laughs> on Twitter. Nice. Okay, I, like that. That was, I don't know. If people listen, that's pretty damn convincing if you ask me. True, yeah. Yeah, his, his, he wrote off players for like 45 seconds, and he's right. I, and, you know, I graduated. I, 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 I almost Justin had to shut I, myself up. I was like, golly, I've been talking for like 30 seconds. Justin, no, shut dude, up. But I'm in sales. No, so that's why happens. you're here, man. Yeah. And I told you, Justin, I think on 680 one day that um I graduated, you know, from seventh region high school in 2005. So I know a lot of those guys like Keenan Burton. I mean, I, I live a block away from manual high school. So it's cool mm -hmm. for me looking back, Andre Woods and all those guys, just to know that there was a good group of you guys was from, you know, Kentucky and specifically yeah. Louisville. Yeah. Micah Johnson. Micah Johnson was from Kentucky. Yeah. I was from Kentucky. Uh, Corey Peters was my roommate and was in my wedding. And he's, he was from, you know, Louisville Central. You know, we had a lot of, a, a big group of guys. Marcus McClint was from, from uh from uh, Fort Campbell as well so there was a lot of guys there that you know it was one of those times where Kentucky football and we weren't let's be honest we were not highly highly touted I mean Micah was and Corey was but everybody else was two and three star I was a two slash three star guy I, I wasn't a, a big recruit but you know we came in and, and and Grandpa Brooks you know coached us up and you know we made it happen do you still stay in touch with him at all Justin Coach Brooks I have it. So I saw him. Uh, let's see. It wasn't like it was two years ago. I saw him at the um, at the UT game when we had our uh, um, our bowl reunion deal. I saw him there, but I haven't. I haven't talked to him a whole lot. Uh, but I tell you what, man, that man. He's he he. Not only was he a great coach, but he was a great person. He really really cared about his his players, and and um, you know I I was no uh, known for missing a few classes and 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 doing this. And uh, <laughs> at one point he. He brought me into his uh, into his office and was like, "Dude, what are you doing? You know, you need to get it together. You know, or you're not going to be playing." And uh, it was one of those like aha moments where 
it took somebody like that to tell me, hey, you know, if you're trying to make it to the next level, which I technically, I, I guess I did for a bit, but, you know, if you want to keep playing, you know, you need to get your crap together. And that's why he was so good. That's awesome. Yeah, so I just looked it up. So 247 did have you as a two-star, and then you go and make the all-SEC freshman team, basically. Yeah, so, what, a jo- man. what a joke. What a joke. What a joke. Golly, man. Yeah, I'm not swag. even trusting this stuff swag. no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's another guy who barely uh, – I guess he played a little more, I guess. But you know who else made the you know, all-freshman team last year who only made 13 or 15 tackles? Who's that? DeAndre, DeAndre Square. DeAndre Square. Yeah, hey, boy, did they get that? Yeah, what right. a monster! Ooh, yeah. well, it seems like they knew. Oh, something. he's a beast! Yeah, and he was all over the field on Saturday, wasn't he, Justin? I mean, I, I so uh, Aaron and I watched from the press box, and it was kind of a unique perspective for me. I haven't watched a lot of like bird's eye view football like that, and that dude was freaking flying across the field, like he was covering. It just felt like sideline to sideline and just clothesline and anyone with the ball. Real quick, real quick. That was but, that was one of my. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I wanted to quickly point this out brad white said today at his press conference that that wasn't even half as good as deandre square could play so oh man how does that make you that made that, that yeah. makes me that makes me all tingly inside yeah. i'm like that man's a beast and that's yeah. what i had written down on my notes here is is, is that he's a he's a monster and he, you know he's not he's not one of those linebackers you know that 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 is physically you know he doesn't look like you know and i i guess I, i'm kind of showing my age a little bit now but you know, now the linebackers, I feel, are a lot slender, more of the Danny Trevathans, um, you know, guys like that that can really run sideline to sideline and not so much of the, you know, the, the big bruisers like Micah Johnson, who was a monster. But he could, don't, don't get me wrong, he could move back and forth, but you don't see those real big guys anymore. And that's what really, really uh, intrigued me when I saw him as well as I could, uh, being able to move up and down. And, and, and that, that, let's be honest, that interception that he had, oh, my gosh. You know, oh, that's man. That's a special play right there. That's a special play. And, that, and if that's not half as good as he is, I, I can't wait. I almost choked saying that, thinking about it. I can't wait to see what he looks like when he when he really reaches yeah. his full potential. Yeah, good thing he's saving it for SEC play. <laughs> I, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the the picture of him from his freshman year to his sophomore year, just all that weight that he put on. And if you think about it, if he does that, you know, for two and three more seasons, just mm-hmm. how incredible yeah. he's going to be. Another guy, you know, he, um, I think he came out of high school ranked um, fairly low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he reminds me a little bit of like Wesley Woodyard. You know, Wes, Wes was not a big guy. Let's be honest. I mean, he might have been a buck and a quarter or two, uh, two and a quarter, you know, at his heaviest, you know, in college. And, the way he could move around sideline to sideline and, you know, has, has that, 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 that instinct, you know, to, to constantly be around the ball, you know, is something that you can't really teach. Yeah. He was also a, uh, well, he was a three-star, but not even a top 500 player coming out of high school from out of uh, Detroit. Yeah. So his potential is just upside. And you, I've seen him today a lot floating around on, you know, the, the talking heads of college football, like, they're, you know, five or 10 or whatever biggest takeaways from week one. And I've seen him mentioned in almost all of them um, as, you know, just a breakout performance and a player to watch. You know, Drew, yeah. you mentioned the body Absolutely. transformation. And uh, <laughs> I hate to make comparisons because it's hard to compare this guy to anybody. But you know who else came into college pretty slim and put on like 60 pounds? That, that's a guy named. I don't know where you're going with this. A guy named Josh Allen, and he's pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a little that's side. A, that's note. a good company to be in. Yeah, not bad. And you know, I, you know what though, and uh, you know, in all seriousness, I guarantee you that's 
that's a guy these young players looked up to last year, and they wanted to know what he was doing to come from two-star wide receiver. Remember, this guy didn't even play defense in high school. He was a two-star wide receiver, and he transforms his body into this. I mean, have you guys seen the picture, the SEC Network, the graphic of him uh, flexing as a freshman and then flexing as a senior? Yes, oh, yes. I, I've it's, never it's ignorance. It's yeah, I've never seen anything like it. And I guarantee you, man, that's what he's telling these younger kids who come in smaller. He's like, You can be like me, this is what you have to do. And I, I'm telling you, there's an effect from that team last year. Absolutely. I was just talking to somebody too, guys, um, this weekend about think about that too. Both of those guys we named are like northern guys, not highly ranked coming out of high school, come to Kentucky in the SEC and are just getting developed like this. And um what I was discussing with some people was like the narrative for so long was this like, if you didn't have 30 players on your roster from like Florida and Georgia combined, like you're not winning games in the SEC. And you know, the teams that were successful had all the, you know, maybe throw Alabama in there, just, just that court, you know, talent from the South and the transformation that Mark Stoops and his staff have been able to do just going North of Kentucky and just killing Ohio and Michigan and parts of the Northeast. And it took a little while, but now that it's coming, you know, into play, it's such a smart strategy being, you know, one of the most northernmost schools from the SEC. Yeah. And it, it was just crazy to me see, you know, six years later now. Well, both Coach Stoops and Morrow are Ohio guys, Youngstown, obviously. So, and, you know, Ohio's a pretty damn good football state. We just, you know, Ohio State obviously has a lot of homegrown kids and they're a pretty good program. But, um, yeah, it, it has been impressive how, you know, they've been able to go north. Obviously, Michigan, they're killing that game right now. But they're also going south places they haven't been to before. They're getting into Georgia. They're getting into Louisiana. I mean, that Amani Gilmore kid, they almost had Devontae Lee. Um, it's it's impressive. It is. And, and you know, and to, to piggyback off of that, and I'll, I'll remember having this conversation with some of my uh, – uh, co-workers back in the day when we were when when they were looking for a replacement for for joker and i always said i said man we got to get somebody who has northern ties mm-hmm. and it's it sounds like i'm hopping on a hopping on a bandwagon now but i truly believe that and the name that came to mind was jim trestle because he was he was yeah. he coached at ohio state he was out of coaching i was like man we got to get him to get that northern tie and and it's just it's just been really fun to watch you know these guys from up north who want to play in the sec had the credentials, right? But don't want to go to the Michigans or the yeah. Ohio States, or we come in, we come into the to the living rooms and and pluck them out of there, and it's it's been a lot of fun, and that's that's what that's how you build teams, and that's how you build that that reputation. You know, once you put the the Josh Allen's in the league and the and and you know all these other guys, you know, it's you know seeing Josh Allen being drafted, you know, in the first in the top five, six, seven, yeah. eight, whatever he was, you know, everybody's watching that, mm-hmm. and guys are like. I can go to Kentucky and be the first round pick. Yeah. Oh, I'm down. I love the point you made. Also, I've been saying this to Drew at least, and you know, people asking me, like, just people I go to high. I'm from Connecticut, so people are like, "How did Kentucky get all these kids? What's going on?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, everyone wants to be in the SEC. It is far and beyond the best conference in college football, and Kentucky offers that. That and they're almost more like Midwest. I mean, you think of Cincinnati as the gateway to the Midwest. Well, Kentucky's now or 15 straight south. So you're getting these Ohio kids who get to play kind of close to home uh, and <laughs> play in the best conference in the world. Well, the most yeah, brilliant yeah. part to this entire strategy by far is that it's so much more fun to hate on the Big Ten and beat them for recruits <laughs> too. Like I'd much rather be <laughs> just, you know, you know, chill about the SEC schools, just loading up with talent and stealing guys from like Ohio State, Michigan, like, ugh. 
Yeah, and it, and what's what's so what's just just blows my mind is you know like I like I was talking about earlier, you know, we when we were playing, we weren't built on these five-star kids. I mean, we had a couple good players, don't get me wrong, but we weren't built on going up and getting, you know, guys from Ohio or, you know, anywhere. We were we were from Kentucky and South. That's that's where most of the guys were from. And and to see, you know, us, you know, possibly getting a, a or getting a transfer from who was a four or five star kid from LSU. Are you serious? He wants to transfer from Baton Rouge to Lexington. I mean, that's unheard of. And, you know, even on top of that, if we go out and have a good season this year, what's going to you talk about building and building and building and the recruiting possibilities to have a good season this year are just it's it's mind blowing. What do you think, Justin? I've been hearing a lot, too, of kind of anxiety, especially before the season started, about if Kentucky kind of comes out this year and looks stagnant, you know, maybe just squeaks out six wins, gets bowl eligible, or even seven wins that, are, you know, aren't maybe as kind of ugly wins. Um, do you think that hurts recruiting? Like, do you think it's too early on to tell since this is kind of like uncharted territory for Kentucky? Or do you think a lackluster season um, will really slow a lot of this down? You know, I've been on the train that if we go six and six, it's I think that's an epic fail. I mean, let's be honest, you know, the way we've looked and and if we go six and six and that means Terry's bad and, and we can't block anybody and we can't tackle. And and then you turn around and, you know, you look at all these kids that, you know, they just saw us go. They just saw us go, what, 10 and four, 10 and three last year. And to, and to, to, to back that up with a six win season, you know, it just makes it look like a special season instead of trying to. Uh, change a culture and a program and, 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 and actually knowing that, Hey, you know, these guys can compete in the SEC. And instead of being on the SEC alternate channel, you're on CBS at three 30, which everybody wants to play on. Um, so I, you know, seven and five, you know, like we talked about with Strebel on the, on the uh, preseason show a couple of Saturdays ago, I think seven and five is just okay. Um, you know, it depends on what you look like. You know, the eye test is a big thing as well, but you know, seven to five is just okay. But anything after seven, I think is a, is a good, good to great season. I mean, you know, you build on that, but this season is probably one of the most compelling seasons when it comes to recruiting that I, you know, I can remember, you know, and that's dating back, you know, when, when you're in the program, you don't really think about things like that. Uh, you just want to try to get better, try to make it to the NFL. But, you know, after the fact, you know, with the Joker debacle and, and trying to build everything back up to where we had it and, and, and past where we had it. Um, this is a big season when it comes to recruiting. Man, great yeah. stuff on the Cats by 90 podcast. Justin Jeffries uh, providing some really good insight. And, in. you know, we did. We talked about that on that preview show. And, and now that the season's here, you're kind of seeing how things are going to play out. Kentucky has to really have a good season. I'm going to give you the USA Today poll as it stands, like where each team ranks that Kentucky has left. Eastern Michigan, 73, Florida, 15, Mississippi State, 43, South Carolina, 61, Arkansas, 103, Georgia, 3, Missouri, 76, Tennessee, 100, Vanderbilt, 87, Tennessee, Martin, not in it, and Louisville, 104. Yeah, it's I a, mean, for an SEC team, it's, it's never yeah. going to get this easy with eight freaking home games. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's Honestly, it's a, it's a blessing in a lot of ways. But for Kentucky, I mean, this year, I think – Obviously, you've lost a lot of guys. It's hard to, as bad as, you know, as weak as we want to say the schedule is, it's hard to replicate a 10-win season when you lose that much. But what you want to see is like, is what you were saying earlier, Justin, and that is you don't want last year to be a magical season. You want to at least show like, all right, this is the new norm around here. So if they can even just win eight, I think that's a great number uh, with the bowl game or not, winning the bowl game or not, that is, um, to show like, hey, man, 
like we lost that much talent, but we can still go out there and win eight eight games, you know, and four in the SEC because four only four non conference games. So, I mean, <laughs> and that schedule is so manageable. I mean, you get the luck of the draw and playing Arkansas while they're down right now as a program, as your SEC West foe, oh, Mississippi State, um, rebuilding because like us, they lost a lot last year. Um, then you have South Carolina looks dreadful if you ask me missouri is a tough one but wouldn't it say now too guys though like it, it's really going to be um now these now the florida game i guess the the georgia games is kind of is what it is but i guess but i guess you'd say florida and then maybe one of those teams emerge mississippi state missouri yeah. whoever and those games become really important you know because there's going to be if kentucky doesn't beat florida or georgia like what's their best win going to be i hadn't even thought about that that's a great what point. Their, what would their what's their best win going to be at mississippi state that or or I I think Missouri's going to be really good. I'm I'm still I know the Wyoming game looked really bad, but um I think they're still going to be end up pretty good. So I think that'll be a good one if they can get it. And I think yeah, I, Mississippi State on the road would be huge, even even if they're not looking so hot. That's a tough place to play with those stupid cowboys ringing. In oh, everything. Justin has oh here we go. perfect teed you up, Justin. Justin has some strong <laughs> yeah. feelings. About Starkville, which I'm finalizing oh, my plans to go to. So, all right, just just go oh. for it, man. It's on a tee for you. Oh, uh, oh my God, Starkville's a butt. They're full of they're, those damn cowbells. I mean, come on, can you give me a little more something than than some than some bleeping cowbells? And and it, you know that the the best thing when I played there, the best thing that they had were were those dumbass cowbells, and then that big jumbotron. Well, now everybody has a jumbotron. They're right. not they're not good, but it, it it is a tough place to play. And I and I kind of harped on this. Uh, a little bit uh, before um, on the on the on the preseason show, uh, but but start times matter. Um, you know mm-hmm. when we played South Carolina in two thousand seven, uh, it was a it was a seven thirty kick Thursday night game, and we were two top five teams, and that place was absolutely ignorant. I couldn't hear myself think it was the wildest thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, Georgia, obviously Georgia's Georgia, um, but but Mississippi State is tough, and it's one of those you know if it's a noon kick, it's a sleepy game, you know. I think they could sneak up, and you know, I, I picked a seven and five anyway. So, so there has to be five five losses in there. But you know, like I talked about earlier, with the SEC East being down, you know, Arkansas, you know, they're a bunch of bums. We got them at home. Missouri seems very beatable. We're they're at home. Um, you know, South Carolina scares me being on the road. Mississippi State scares me a little bit being on the road. And and Florida, Florida's Florida. Um, you know, if yeah. we if we beat them two 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 years in a row, I mean, oh my gosh, uh-huh. you know, Lexington would come crashing down. <laughs> so it's it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. There's a bunch of swing, swing games there, um, but uh, I, just being able to build is the big thing for me. Let me ask you this, Justin. I'm going down. I I know Drew mentioned he's planning on Starkville. I'll be covering the game in Columbia for the Gamecocks. What type of atmosphere is that one? Because I've heard it's one of the best in the conference, maybe the country. I love it. So they, yeah. so they hit, they, they played that damn, uh, oh, what's that song? The cocky not, thing. Not uh, sandman, that's pretty, yeah. Oh, and then they oh play, Sandstorm. Um, sandstorm. Sandstorm. Yeah. yeah I get yeah, those yeah. two mixed up. Yeah. You're um, good. But if it's, you know, if, if you get those guys, if you get those Carolinans, uh, you know, a full day to lube up and it's a 7:30, you know, uh, you know, even a Southern, uh, 7:30 SEC network game, you know, you know, they're going to be fired up, and that place is tough to play. And, and you know, even though, you know, Muschamp is, is kind of a, a boob, you know, he's still <laughs> one of those guys. He's a, yeah. very, he's a, he's a very good motivator. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have those guys ready to play. And at that time of the, 
at that, at that time of the season, we'll know what we have. Um, right. By then, we'll know if we beat Florida. Uh, if we go beat sure. Florida, and then I, I can't remember when it comes in when the when the when we play them. I, uh, you all, I don't have access to. Uh, it's the twenty eighth. I'll be there. So. It'll be week five. So the twenty eighth we'll Florida. Yeah. Week so you Florida, Florida, Mississippi State, and of course Eastern Michigan under the belt by then. Right. So you know, if, you know, say we beat Florida, and then say we go down to to, to Mississippi State and beat them. Those play the, the, that'll be. Game of the game of the year so far for those guys. Sure. So that place would be crazy. I yeah. I loved well, it. It's a night game. If it's a night game, it'd be even crazier. South Carolina. Hey guys, by real the quick way. before we uh before we jump into anything else, let's just pause like two seconds. Uh, get a quick break in here. All right, and we're back. Yeah. I want to mention on South Carolina. Uh, oh, is that stand form? Sorry. Oh, I had to mix a little bit in. of that, Anson. Oh Give Justin gosh. some I flashbacks here. I made me throw up. I made me throw up. But uh, no, oh. South Carolina. Dude, the nuts, dude. The freaking nuts. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Have you seen? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline their schedule by the way i mean they I play they play okay charleston southern fine then they play alabama missouri kentucky oh. georgia oh. florida oh. tennessee oh. Oh, uh no. vanderbilt oh, Appalachian state not an easy non-conference game app state has you know upset a few programs here and there in michigan absolutely uh, and then they play texas a&m in college station Ooh. and Finish the year hosting oh. the Clemson Tigers. So, oh, that's yikes. rough. <laughs> I mean, if you ask me, they have one for sure win, and that's Charleston Southern. Other than yeah. that, I don't think there's yeah, any exactly. schedule. So, and by the time Kentucky rolls into the town, uh, they'll have already had to play Alabama and Missouri. So, I'd say they'll be pretty beat up. And also, they have a yeah. true freshman quarterback now, Jake uh, Bentley, out for six exactly. Weeks. So that's an interesting. Is that how long he's out? he's out for six weeks? Yes. Yeah, he's going to miss the Kentucky game. Yeah, uh, broken foot. Oh, oh, good. Oh, wow. Which I think Terrible. South Carolina fans are thrilled about. Yeah, they they just hate their program so much right now. <laughs> like they they can't get rid of their coach because they owe him like Bobby Petrino stack, and oh, you know Jake Bailey just money. disappointed yeah. him. Imagine being an SEC quarterback though, and you get done with your career, and Kentucky's beat you like all these times, like Jake Bentley. Yeah, they've so. all been. Uh, I think I quit I football. Mean, <laughs> I mean, last year was a 14 point game, which was like the biggest deficit too of these five games in a row. They've all been damn close. They've had their chance, but UK's had their number. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I, I I've been saying I think that game's a win, so. I'll stick with that. <laughs> I think I called it a loss. I, yeah. I got five. I can't remember my five losses, but I think I had that one as a loss. That's what uh, Dick. Well, guys, I, th- I think we've um, 
I think we've now discussed every game but Kentucky's next game. Um, so true. Kentucky does have a game <laughs> in like a, a few days now. So um, they do have to beat Eastern Michigan. Yeah. So um, pumped about a first night game of the season at Kroger Field. So 7.30 kickoff on Saturday. Eastern Michigan did win their week one game against um, Coastal Carolina. Very, very similar to Kentucky. I watched some highlights. I read a couple of um, stories about the game and started off slow. I think they were down 10-0 in the first quarter, kind of kicked it into high gear. And had another very yeah, and, like quietly impressive performance by quarterback Mike Glass yeah. the third. Their quarterback throws for goes twenty for twenty two for one eighty eight and three touchdowns. So um, they figured it out. So a couple of things on EMU. Uh, first of all, two years ago you'll remember they came in here and played a really close game, and the coaching staff at their pressers this week have been sh- they've watched a lot of tape and been showing the guys on the roster now a ton of tape from that game. Um, Eddie Grand said horrendous, horrible, every word of the book you could think of negatively about that game. So they gave Kentucky a run for their money. Also, keep in mind, this was supposed to be a road game for the Cats. This game got moved to Kroger Field, Eastern Michigan, pretty much. It was a two and one. So they'll play EMU again next year in Lexington, but this game was supposed to be up there. So I think that's interesting. And then you mentioned the quarterback, Mike Glass, the third. He went 20 for 22 last week, passing three touchdowns, no turnovers. And he also ran the ball. Let's see. Oh, only 11 yards. But last year, um, he averaged six yards a carry as a quarterback. Wow. Yeah. EMU doesn't really scare me. I mean, they should. Um, You know, I think Toledo is a better team uh, than than Eastern Michigan is. like and like you said, you know, Glass going for you know twenty for twenty two, you know, three touchdowns. That's impressive. But but you know what the the stat that kind of stuck out to me was you know you go twenty for twenty two, but you only have one hundred and eighty eight yards thrown. Right. Uh, so that means they're dicking and dunking all the way down the field. I don't know if you can say that on the podcast, but I just did. Um, so uh, <laughs> so they're just dropping it down, short passes. Um, so they're not they're not really getting down the field. Uh, big chunk plays. You know, from what I can. From what I gleaned just from the stats, and I didn't do much research on Eastern Michigan because uh, when I played, if I was playing Eastern Michigan, I could care less. I watch who I'm playing, and I hope to be out of the game by the third quarter. Uh, that's how I played. Um, a lot of times they <laughs> – like Middle Tennessee State in 2008, um, that was one of those games where I thought I was going to be out, but I wasn't. So, uh, with that being said, I think we're bigger, stronger, faster. And uh, if you go back uh, in history, the biggest jump – uh, or the most improvement comes from week one to week two. Uh, so a lot of these younger guys were able to go back, watch film. Yeah. Um, they actually yeah. got a taste of what it's like, you know, to be in game mode. Um, like I said, you know, you go all camp and all you do is beat up on each other. I don't care how many scrimmages, a scrimmage is a scrimmage. You're still beating up on each other. Game speed is a lot different than scrimmage speed uh, or, or practice speed, you know, for, for that matter. So for them to get some real snaps, you know, under the belt, I'd like to see how they start the game. I hope they start the game a little bit faster, uh, than they did last week. Um, but if they can build on the momentum that they had, you know, in the second half, um, of, of last week's game, you know, I think, you know, we really should, excuse this. I got a, you're good. <laughs> well, up. let me ask you this. Well, well, that's, uh, so, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. oh okay. But, um, you mean, uh, it was kind of comical, but, you know, I really appreciate the honesty and modesty. You said with this non-conference team kind of, Mac, you didn't pay much attention to it in practice. So when the guys are saying, like, over and over again during these interviews this week, oh, yeah, we're not going to take them lightly. We're going to treat them like an SEC <laughs> foe. How serious? Like, serious question. That's yes. That's BS. Yeah. yeah. I love how real Justin is because I was thinking <laughs> that same question yeah. the whole time. And I'm like, and then, like, 
So me and Aaron are just like, you know, geeky media guys. And Justin's been there, done that college kids. They're like, man, they should just truck them. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, uh, some, some are, I mean, really and truly, you get back and you get in the, in the locker room and you're like, come on. I mean, it's Eastern Michigan. You watch film, you see what they look like. You know, if they have some players, you know, you got to play. Um, right. you know, but it's just like, come on, you know, especially in, in here's what, what might come, you know, come back to bite them in the, in the butt a little bit. But, you know, you got Florida coming up the week after and every, yeah. let me, let's be honest. Everybody's looking at Florida sure. fans. Coaches, as much as they they can preach that they're not, they are. Yeah. Um, so well, hey, I want to ask you guys real quick. I don't know because I want to get into predictions. We just got a few minutes left here. Did I see correctly today that there was like a score predictor out that had Kentucky winning fifty-one to thirty? Did anybody else see that? No, I don't I did think not. I saw that one. Wouldn't surprise. So that anyway, be, I was just be, I was just trying to get some advice disastrous. here because I want to get our score predictions, well, and that, that seemed absurdly that, high to me. Yeah, but well, I could have swore I saw that. That'd be great if Kentucky's offense could put that up, and I think they have the potential to. But that'd be really bad if they give thirty plus to this team. I think I, I think it would be good to get it. The Toledo score is a little skewed because he had the turnover on the end. I think that one was more on the offense, setting them up in terrible field position than the defense. So you want to keep Eastern Michigan at like twenty maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll All start right, with you then, Aaron. I know that you were at you were at like um, practice and yeah. and everything this you know this week. All the press conferences. So why don't you kick us off with just kind of your uh, quick elevator speech recap of what you think is going to happen, Kentucky, um, in Eastern Michigan on Saturday, and your final score prediction. Yeah, I think the Cats will win. I think, like Justin said, uh, Eastern Michigan's not bad, but they're they're a max school and they're not as good as Toledo. Um, I, I give them a lot of credit though. They were a terrible program. I don't know if you guys know that they, they barely had any bowl appearances. They had losing season. I think it was like a 30 year bowl list streak. Then this new coach comes in. He's turned it around, got him to a bowl game a few years ago. So credit to them, but they don't have the talent this Kentucky team has. I think the UK offense will be a little better. I'm going to say 42, uh, 17. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go second. We'll let Justin finish us off. So, um, I, I still wouldn't be surprised. I think that the secondary looked a lot better than everyone I thought on too. Saturday, but clearly Eastern Michigan has some type of scheme and, you know, whether, however they're going to get it done, they might be able to find some weaknesses. Cause I thought Justin had a great point with the, you know, the experience and the, the leap you take from week one to week two. That's going to be true for Eastern Michigan also. So could give up a few big plays here and there. I still think obviously Kentucky should win, win handily hopefully come out and really impose their will like in the first quarter and show these Mac teams what's up. Um, I'll go Kentucky 34 and Eastern Michigan 17. Justin, hit us up with your, with your analysis, man. What do you think is going to happen Saturday? Uh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to piggyback off of you guys. You know, like I said, I just think, you know, we're bigger, faster and stronger uh, than them. You know, I don't want to, I, I, I'm sure that, you know, Eastern Michigan, you know, has great players. You gotta come out and you play. It's a night game. Uh so there'll be a little bit there'll be a little bit of juice in the stadium, you know, for it being a first night game. Uh BBN will be nice and sauced up. Uh so I think that'll give him a little bit of extra, you know, motivation, especially coming out early. Um Yeah, I'm know, coming to I'm the tailgate cool. again. Continue, yeah, but I will a, be yeah. at the tailgate. I'm working, so I'll be watching, but I will be having some fun at the tailgate. <laughs> Hell yeah, it'll be fun. And my wife won't be there. My, one of my buddies, he played college and professional ball, be there. So you'll be able to pick his brain some too. Oh, um, nice, nice. But, uh, but it, it, you know, I, the big plays, you know, I have a I, – I don't know. Just looking at the stats, like I said, it's a, having 188 yards uh, passing with three touchdowns and going 20 for 22 just means you are just chipping away. Um, I think they're, you know, like you said, they're, you know, they're going to scheme. They're going to try to find ways to, you know, to attack us on defense, especially with our inexperience on the back in the defensive backfield. Um, but I, 
score wise, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say forty seventeen. I don't even know if that comes out right. I'll say forty seventeen. We're all on seventeen for EMU. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. I was going to say we'll have to go back and keep track of that, even though I'd, I'd really like not to. You killed your prediction yeah. on week one, Aaron. What was your prediction on the Big Blue Insider for week one? 38-24, Kentucky. Damn close. Nice. Nicely done, sir. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, man, y'all, this this episode was kick-ass, dude. One of our best yet. Can't thank Justin enough. Um, You're yeah. definitely going to be getting your arm twisted to come on the Cast by 95 cast on the regular and um we've been trying to get an episode recorded after the game maybe so we'll try that again i know it'll be a, a late night in kroger field with all the stuff uh aaron has to do i'm taking pictures this weekend so i'm pumped it's one of my favorite things uh, to do i will be um, there so i'll be down there at field level i'll be there well after midnight so <laughs> well, oh, well good good i'll be in the club i'll be in the club by midnight don't let my wife hear that well, make sure she doesn't subscribe on iTunes, but everybody else, check us out um, on iTunes and um, on Twitter at CatsBy90. And Justin, you're the man. We appreciate yeah, it. Aaron, I know you were busy working your butt off today producing Big Blue Insider. So appreciate you guys, and we'll, we'll catch up with you guys next time on the CatsBy90 podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow CatsBy90 on Twitter at CatsBy90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at agershon99 and at bigbluedrew33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.